0: Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today our guest is Adrian Pinozo. And he completed 21 years of policing and retired early as a result of the choices he made in real estate investing. He's now a full-time real estate investor and entrepreneur of multiple companies. His portfolio which was built in less than a decade is consisting of over 84 investment properties, which is equivalent to over 380 units. And so he's also the founder of executive properties, capital and investment company that raises capital through joint venture partnerships to purchase investment properties. He's also the owner of investors edge construction management, and he also manages a high scale full service property management company in the Hamilton area. And also be sure to check out and subscribe to his podcast podcast, more to life real estate investing. Adrian, welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
1: I'm awesome for a Monday. Mondays are usually very, very busy and stressful, first day back after a weekend. But no, I'm awesome. Thank you for having me on the show. Much appreciated. If I can share my knowledge and journey with your listeners, and if they can take one little piece of information and put that in their toolbox, then it's a job well accomplished. Because it's at the end of the game, we're just here to help one another and succeed. And yeah, super excited to be on the show. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Adrian. All right. So Adrian, if you can share a little bit about your background, how did you get started with real estate as well?
1: Yeah, for sure. So it's about 11 years ago now, I bought my first investment property. But it all started with... I was a police officer, as you mentioned, working in the GTA and I was about 10 years into my police career. And I was thinking, okay, when I complete my 30 years of service on the police department, and I'm on a pension, how can I still live the same lifestyle? Being on a pension and a reduced income, obviously, as to working full time. And I thought, potentially, maybe real estate investing. And I just wanted... I thought if I could buy one, maybe two investment properties that can create cash flow, I can essentially live the same lifestyle after I work my 30 years in policing and retire and subsidize that reduced income with cash flow from rental property, one or two. So that was my mindset 11 years ago. And I started with a home equity line of credit. Didn't have money in the bank, just young, obviously, and uh, newly married, new family, so on and so forth. Didn't have money in the bank, but a few years into our marriage, we had equity in our home. So we started with, I want to say it was a $200,000 home equity line of credit is where we began. And we used that to buy our first rental property. And we bought a turnkey rental property, typical 20% down payment so on and so forth and it was a duplex and things went well with that one so we used more money from our line of credit home equity line to buy our second rental property and that was in the city of hamilton long story short we started to grow a bit of a portfolio by using this home equity line of credit all the while i was still a police officer working all different kinds of crazy shifts in court and everything like that. But in the background, I had these two rental properties that I was personally managing. Fast forward, I guess, from our very first purchase 11 years ago, it really exploded into something I never really thought would ever happen and never dreamed of it happening, but it exploded into a full-time business of real estate investing slash joint venture partnerships and raising capital and buying more and more and more properties in partnership with other investors to where we are today. Like you mentioned, we now own 84 multifamily investment properties, which is equivalent to over 300 and 80 doors. And it all started with, I want to buy one rental property. And that's where we are 11 years later, which financially led me to be able to leave policing and retire early with, I guess, I just completed my 21st year of policing. So I essentially, I was able to financially retire nine years early, based on those decisions I made. And the income coming from the cash flow, from the investment properties, so on and so forth. We turned it into a full-time business essentially in 2017 when I left the police department and we started our own construction company and in-house property management company to facilitate and look after all of our properties and our joint venture properties. So yeah, it's been a crazy run over the last 11 years. Some ups and downs, it hasn't all been roses, but you know what they say, fell forward and we all learn from the mistakes and the failures we've made and knock on wood, I haven't made too many, but yeah, it's been a great ride, a great run, and maybe we'll touch on it later in the show, but it's completely changed my life, obviously, for the better in the past 11 years.
0: 11 years, that is not very long at all. That just goes by in a blink of an eye.
1: It really did. It flew by.
0: When you bought that first property and you were looking to buy one or two to just supplement your income, what was the mindset behind it that drove you to continue buying it? And there was a lot that kind of went in from where you started back from that first and second properties to where you are today with over 84. What drove you to continue building it up? And then what was the main driving factor that changed your business?
1: We were buying properties. We started to develop the brand and name for ourselves in the industry. And the cash flow coming in from those properties was great. So things were going in the right direction. Obviously, every property had cash flow. Coming in as well, which became lucrative, obviously, which kept the ball rolling and kept bringing in more business, more attracting more joint venture partnerships with other like minded investors or whatnot. So there's kind of like an organic, natural progression throughout the years where word of mouth, referrals, some other marketing things we've done in the past that continued to grow our reputation and grow, I guess, traction over the years and more and more joint venture partnerships, meaning more and more properties. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. And so when you first started out, were you sharing what you were doing with people in your network? Or was it something that you were just kind of dabbling in and just looking to just buy for yourself and your for your family? And then did it change over time?
1: So when I started out, we were on our own. And I say we, meaning my wife and I, we were on our own. Like I didn't have really a mentor. I didn't have a coach, anything like that. None of my family members really invested in real estate, but something told me, and I felt secure about it because real estate investing, you're buying a tangible item it's not, for example, I'm investing in the stock market or whatnot. You're buying bricks and mortar. And I thought worst case scenario, even if prices go down or interest rates go up or this or that, I'm always going to have that tangible item, which to me was security and peace of mind. So I didn't really have a lot to share when I started because I didn't know anything when I started. I kind of jumped in with both feet, did the sign of the cross and prayed that everything was going to go well. And that's saying you got to take action and I'm living proof. Had I not taken action 11 years ago and dove in with both feet and took a chance, I wouldn't be here today in the situation that I'm in. Does that make
0: sense? Yes. So when you took out equity from your HELOC to purchase those first two properties, at some point the HELOC money runs out. What did you do after that to get into your next couple properties?
1: We started raising money through partnerships. So based on our experience, our track record, and being very, very, I guess, industry experts when it comes to our strategy, the buy, renovate, refinance, and rent, became our real, real niche. And being able to deliver incredible returns on partners in capital, we didn't have a problem raising capital through joint venture partnerships to continue to buy more and more properties in partnership because we have a very and had a very sound reputation in the industry with respect to the buy, renovate, refinance and rent. So, I mean, people are we're delivering returns of anywhere between 80, 90, 100 percent ROI on Burr projects where travels pretty fast with respect to attracting that kind of attention and people wanting to get into business with us.
0: For the first couple of properties, when you were starting to look for joint ventureships and starting to raise some capital for the next properties, What do you think made you guys successful and how did you structure it and look at all the different aspects to get comfortable with raising money and doing joint partnerships? Because up until that point, it was just you and your wife together. And now you have to bring in other people. There's so much more trust factor. There's so much more that goes and gets involved in something like that. So what did you do to look at all those different aspects?
1: Yeah, great question. So again, I kind of grew at a very... Nice pace. What did we do? We delivered. Like, I can't stress enough, we, we delivered. And what I mean by that is if you have a buy, renovate, refinance project, and you through word of mouth and different other avenues, you come into our radar and you reach out to us, we have historical abundance of some incredible projects we've taken part in and delivered those incredible returns on people's money. So it wasn't hard to continue to attract people. As we continue to grow, then we thought, okay, I want it, I want, and I, I kind of commonly refer to it as the Costco effect. I want everything under one roof so I can provide an exceptional service to potential joint venture partners, meaning I want in-house construction when we're carrying out our renovations for all these projects we're honing in on. I want in-house property management to take care of all of our properties that we know we can deliver great service, peace of mind to these investors. And ultimately, you know, when these investors came through the door and come through the door, they're dealing with me. They're not dealing with a third-party company for renovations and a third-party company for this or that or this or that. They're dealing with me specifically, and it's all in-house. So they have the peace of mind that there's no we're not calling somebody off Kijiji to come and renovate our place and be taken for a ride and taken our money and run. This is all in-house, I guess, systems and models we've put in place throughout the years, which again is peace of mind for our investors and why we have so many repeat investors coming back again and again, wanting to take part in more projects with us.
0: So as you're starting to build up, originally, you didn't have the construction piece in-house, and you didn't have the property management piece in-house. At what point in your business did you realize that you had to bring this into your company? You had to vertically integrate everything in there so that you have that costco effect? At what point did you realize that? And what were the things that you're looking for?
1: Yeah, great question. Well, I had a couple of negative experiences with general contractors. And negative meaning didn't finish on time that you know, they'd say, Oh, this project is 3 months. And then it ended up taking 7 months. And half of it is because... Yeah. They're busy at all these other places and they come for one day, don't show up for five, on and on and on. Everybody has a bad story about a general contractor. You just have to ask the right questions. So being burnt by a couple of general contractors throughout the infancy stages of building this business and Burr projects, Led me to say enough. I want to start my own company. We have our own employees. We can control this at a high level. So I never have to deal with these shysters and fly by night kind of people and have these bad experiences with them because ultimately it reflects back on our reputation with our joint venture partners. So that really pushed me to start our own construction, just those negative experiences. And then property management the light bulb went off and it's kind of like, okay, we're getting to a size now where it's too big for me to manage these properties on my own. But yet they're all of our properties and joint venture properties. They're all of our properties together. Why not keep that in-house and hire the right staff, leasing department, bookkeeping department, maintenance department, and on and on. And again, it's under our roof and we have peace of mind. We're not relying on somebody to care about our properties the way we would but doing it on a professional level so it just kind of organically grew in that direction and i'm glad we went in that direction because for me it's all about peace of mind reputation that we can deliver
0: we love hosting this show when we started this podcast we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. What does it take to bring the construction piece, the property management piece, in-house?
1: Years of experience. Obviously, I've been involved in well over now, I want to say 60 years buy, renovate, refinance, and rent projects. And we're talking typical multifamily. We're going anywhere between a fourplex all the way up to a 12, 20-unit purpose-built apartment building and everything in between. So being involved in that many projects over the course of the last 11 years, I've learned a lot. So obviously i come to the table with a lot of experience. I know what I want. I know what I want to see. I know what works with respect to design, layouts, so on and so forth in our renovated units that will attract the right tenant that we want. It takes a lot of sleepless nights. It takes a lot of work. But you know what they say, if you want something done, ask a busy guy. Don't ask the lazy guy who's got nothing to do because you'll always find an excuse. But if you really want something done, ask somebody who's really busy because they're going to find a way to get it done. And Again, a bit of a learning curve on the business platform, but executing, there really wasn't a large learning curve because I was in it every day doing it myself. And like I said, I had some negative experience, both with different contractors and some negative experiences with outsourcing property management. Nobody cares when it's a third party as much as you're going to care yourself. And we care ourselves because we own all these properties in some kind of percentage fashion with our partners.
0: And as you've been building up the real estate side of things, while you're still a police officer, at what point... So at first, it starts off as small percentage into real estate, a larger percentage in working as a police officer. And then over time, the percentage split starts to become more 50-50. And then it skews more towards the real estate and then a little bit less in the police officing space. At what point did you realize that you were going to make that transition fully into real estate? And what did you look at within your own personal state to be able to feel comfortable to make that leap and jump out of the police Mm -hmm. officing world into full-time real estate entrepreneurship?
1: 2017, I did a deep dive into my finances, obviously, I did a deep dive into my goals. I did a deep dive into what my priorities in life were, and what I really wanted moving forward. So I would have been about 42. At the time I left policing, and something slapped me smack dab in the head. And it was like, I want to really focus on living life on my terms now. And I think I've really worked my butt off to get here, be it when this started, I was still working full-time shift work and all that kind of stuff, like I mentioned. So it came to a head where we got really busy, things were going well, but it was kind of like, okay, do I leave my lifelong career that I always wanted to do ever since I was in junior kindergarten, being a police officer And really leave that security of the great pension, good money, and stability. And every two weeks, you got that paycheck no matter what. Do I give that all up to pursue and continue to grow in this real estate space? And financially, yes, we were there. But also mentally and emotionally, I was ready to leave. And I wanted that freedom. I wanted time freedom, which the police department does not give you. You have to be on roll call at 6 a.m., period. And you have to work your 12-hour shift, period. And you have to not be at home for Christmas and all those other special occasions. I wanted that freedom. I wanted that freedom that I never had in 21 years of being a police officer. And I wanted geographical freedom. I wanted to be able to work... Anywhere in this world, pretty much, just give me a phone and a laptop and underwrite deals, negotiate deals, so on and so forth. And if I want to take off tomorrow for a week and go on holidays, I don't have to ask anybody, hey, boss, can I have next week off or this or that? I wanted that freedom. And I was in pursuit of that. And that really pushed me to take that leap of faith and take action.
0: Other than yourself having that conversation and getting to that mental state, did you also have to have conversations like with your wife to make sure that she was also on board and other people in your career path as well? And how did those conversations go? And did any of the things that they said, hold you back from wanting to pursue what you set out to do?
1: I really, the only other conversation I had with my wife and No, she was very supportive because let's face it, when I was growing this business and I was still working for the police department, I was burning the candle at both ends. There was times, you know, I'd work a night shift, finish at 6 a.m., sleep till 9 a.m. I got to get up. I got to get to check on those properties. I got to go here. I got to do that. Got to meet with new tenants, sleep like three, four hours, get up, do it all over again, go back in for night shift. I was burning the candle at both ends. And my wife was very supportive and basically said, we can get by now. We don't need you to stay. It's time to go. And if you want, focus on this stuff is where my passion obviously kind of shifted towards real estate from policing. So no, she was really the only one that I needed to have that conversation with and the support of her and obviously blessing from her to continue on in that path.
0: And going on to the path of entrepreneurship, and like you said, burning the candle on both ends, it's really draining mentally, physically. Was there ever a point where it became so challenging for you that maybe at one point you might have thought giving up on the real estate side? And if that was the case, what changed your mind and continue to push you forward and to give you that energy to keep burning those both ends until you make that full transition over?
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> it was more the challenge of should I leave policing and when, then should I continue in real estate? Real estate for me came very easy. I like dealing with people, I like negotiating, I like brainstorming, and I like working out numbers and analysis. And I love real estate, I love homes, I love property. It was more so hindsight being 2020, I probably should have left the police department two years before I actually did. And I was just scared because it was like that security and stability and every two week paycheck, it's hard to give up. And I still like being a police officer, but I knew there was more out there and I knew I could live a life by design and real estate could give me that. I just had to take action and There was no way I'd get to where I was, where I am today in real estate and even what the other companies had. I stayed in policing, just couldn't physically impossible. This has become a full-time gig, even though I retired. This has been a full-time gig now since I retired, but it's been great. It's a different kind of work, right? It's working for you. It's completely different. And I'm glad I did it. And I haven't looked back.
0: Let's look back for one day. When you made that decision to take that leap and retire from police officing, that day when you put in your notice and decided, I'm no longer going to do this, I'm going to focus on the real estate 100%, what did that day look like for you?
1: Very sad, to be honest. I knew I wanted to do it. But when I handed in my letter of resignation, I was quite emotional with my superiors I was quite emotional because, again, it's 21 years of brotherhood, of the police camaraderie and brotherhood, and it really becomes like your second family. And builds so many great friendships and relationships and so many different things the police department taught me. So when I did finally put in my letter of resignation that day, I was pretty emotional. And although I was moving on to other great things, I was still pretty emotional, and it, I'd still think about that day sometimes. I'm glad I did it, but it was an emotional day for me.
0: And what do you think is the driving force, or what was the driving force and the pivoting moment in your real estate career that allowed you to get to where you are today?
1: Thinking abundance really is what changed things for me, taking it to the next level, getting out of the mindset of scarcity and thinking abundance and not taking no for an answer and pushing yourself to not be scared to fail was the driving force for me. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs maybe have the same mindset or a lot of people who are getting involved in starting in real estate, let's face it, it's intimidating, it's scary. It's all those things you wanna say But had I not taken action, had I not started to think abundance, had I not started to think I can do this and I can continue to do this and I can continue to grow this, watch me. And I don't come from any business background at all. Never took a business course in my life. So, I mean, I'm living proof. Obviously, when you put your mind to something and you work your butt off with a bit of luck, it's going to definitely pay off. For me, it did. So I can't stress that enough for your listeners. Somebody once told me when I asked them, what's the best piece of advice you can give me in this game? And this person told me, be excited to fail. Because if you're failing, you're growing. And if you're growing, you're learning. Be excited to fail. You think about that and you think, wow, why would I be excited to fail? But I think you know where I'm coming from.
0: Yeah, because essentially when you're failing, you're taking that action and you're moving forward, you're taking those steps to that next level. You're moving the needle to where you need to go versus if you're not doing anything, of course there's no risk of failure at that point because you're not taking any action.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: And so Adrian, looking forward now for you, what is your next focus?
1: Yeah. So we've obviously grown quite sensitive portfolio with the amount of doors we have now. We're starting to get into like one of our goals for 2023 obviously to continue the pace we're going at but more so focus on larger investments meaning we're looking more so now for we'll always still join venture with triplexes fourplexes duplexes stuff like that on a smaller scale for partners that have that desire to do that with us but we're starting to encroach on that bigger apartment size kind of acquisitions now, where 20, 30, 40, 50 unit buildings and whatnot, and raised capital through funds and um, different kind of structures, as opposed to joint venture structure, more of a GPLP structure to acquire and raise funds to acquire these larger buildings, these larger acquisitions is really our something we're going to start focusing on more and more in 2023. But we'll still have our small residential division that will concentrate on your typical triplexes and stuff like that as well, which has been our bread and butter for the past you know, almost decade.
0: And if there's one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started, what would that be?
1: When I first started, I didn't have the clue. I didn't even know what buy, renovate, refinance, and rent meant. And if you're looking, I wish I knew that when I started, because I probably would have been 500 doors by now had I done that when I first started. But if you're looking to grow your portfolio and you're looking to circulate your capital, because sooner or later, everybody's capital runs out. Like I said, I started with a $200,000 line of credit. Sooner or later, if your savings line of credit, that'll sooner or later. If every property you're buying is turnkey and you're putting 20% down, well, you have to wait, obviously, in order to recirculate that capital. you got to wait for the market to come up in value and then look it back at it and say, okay, my property is worth $200,000 more right now. So I'm going to pull that capital out, refinance that rental property and use it to buy something else. The buy, renovate, refinance strategy that I've come to learn at a very, very high level allows you to circulate your capital into other projects much, much quicker. So what I mean by that is rather than letting the market over the course of two, three years appreciate, then take your capital out, buy something else, the buy, renovate, refinance allows you to rinse and repeat your capital, typically with our model, six to 10 months money in, refinance six to 10 months, money out onto the next project. And that's the way you're building a sizable portfolio more aggressively and quicker. Had I known that when I started, nobody told me about that. It kind of fell in my lap. Had I known that when I started, I probably never would have bought a turnkey property ever. But my first two or three were turnkey, which is fine. I mean, I still have them today. There's a ton of equity in them and whatnot. But overall, if you don't know the buy, renovate, refinance, I definitely, for all your listeners, deep dive into it, do some research on it. It's very, it's an amazing tool that will allow you to grow a portfolio quicker than just passively waiting three years or however long for the property to appreciate. We're forcing that appreciation by conducting those great renovations.
0: Awesome. And Adrian, if our listeners also wanted to find out more about you and what you're doing, where's the best place that they can go?
1: Yeah. So we're all over social media. Our company's Executive Properties Capital. Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. We're all over the place on social media. Send me an email or follow us obviously on our social media platforms. Or send me an email. Adrian, A-D-R-I-A-N, at with epc.com. Awesome. And yeah, have a digital coffee or Zoom meeting and kind of see how we can help you or work together or whatnot. Yeah, that's it.
0: Awesome. Adrian, thank you so much for sharing a little bit about yourself today with us. Thank you so much.
1: No, thank you for having me. I appreciate your time. And like I said, if somebody can take one thing from this interview and put it in their toolbox, job well done.
0: And thank you for listening to our podcast today. Brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We'd really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate. We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, Check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Sale and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com And fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.